Thank you so much. What a joy to be here with you in chapel today. Go with me to the book of Hebrews and chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter 11. At first I thought Brother Hanke was going to refer to the time I wore a skirt to chapel. I thought that was what he was going to bring up, but I forgot about the one with the shoe, so yes, and now shoelaces to match the tie. Just something to be here and noted for. Not for preaching, just for shoelaces, but hey, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> it is a joy to be with you. I enjoyed the time at Missions Conference, and I knew I would get to come back right away, and I've been looking forward to it since. In Hebrews chapter 11 is a great reminder of what God can do with ordinary people. You may not have chosen yourself, but God did. No one else may have chosen you, but God did. None in this room have a greater desire to get the gospel to the world than God. And God is on your side. He wants the gospel known. He wants this more than you. I heard in the testimonies, uh, obviously I'm at a place of just, I can't see who is there speaking. I know there's no voices speaking now. I know that. But earlier in the testimony time, who's the Thumb of Michigan guy? Hi. You have to know this. God knows when He's ready for you. Don't rush Him. Take in everything you have right now. There's no marker that says if you're junior year, you got to have this, and your senior year, you got to have this. God had kept one guy waiting 40 years before He told him what He wanted to do. And I just want to encourage you. God will get it to you. Absorb everything you can. Because God uses people from the thumb of Michigan. And that's an encouragement. No matter where you're from, God can use you. I look at this passage and I see people. And I see in verse 6, God says, Without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If Hebrews 11 is a chapter of faith, and it is, it is also a chapter of God's grace. That you could point, as Brother Beal was referring to earlier, to be, did you say a Pharisee or a, a legalist? A legalist, you would point out the fact that I had it wrong, but nonetheless... A legalist would be someone who would uh, issue demerit, demerits for using a phone in chapel and kind of played off of that a bit. The legalist may look at this chapter and say, Those, there are people who really messed up. And for the balance of people of faith, I would also say these are people who met God's grace. And not everybody is going to have a pristine beginning. 
And not everyone is going to have a current context of absolute peace and delight. You are going to go through challenges. And when we read Hebrews 11, while we accent faith because that is the repetitive word, the truth is, is that this is a chapter filled with how God showed grace to these people and used them, whether they were from the thumb of Michigan or some great metropolitan area. God can do what he chooses to do. I want to begin reading in verse number 8 as it begins the section on the faith of the patriarchs. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. Verse 9. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles, temporary dwelling places, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. And I'm sure... Already you can think of errors in both of their lives on which we could place great focus or fixate on. But God looked to it to make sure we looked at the highlights of their life. The Bible says in 12, Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead. So as many as the stars of the sky in multitude as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, and heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. The introduction of that thought ought to be staggering, that God does have an opinion of us. There is a reaction about where we are and how we are journeying. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him. In a figure. God wants to use people with faith. People with faith are a distinct group of people. They are the people. It's not that they're perfect. It's not that they always have faith as is indicated by Sarah who both laughed and judged him faithful. But rather to look at our lives and say, can I 
Or do I believe God when my context indicates that everything else is going wrong in my life? Do I believe God? Do I trust God? Do I have the confidence that God is able to perform His word? People with faith. You say, well, Brother O'Malley, of course, I have faith. I'm here. I made it here. Yes, you did. But are you ready for the next step? Are you prepared to trust God for the next step that even when you don't know what it is? I think there are four characteristics that I saw as I read this passage of Scripture and now to read it in your hearing. I see four distinct qualities of people with faith, which gives you an idea of how long the message will be because then there's only four points and then that way you'll get out before lunch is over. Look at verse 8 with me. These are simple points. You can write them down if you choose because while you may not need them today, they should be part of your resources of life for encouragement later. Number one, the thing that I note is people with faith. So all points start the same way. People with faith can leave with just appointing. People with faith can leave with just appointing. Look at verse number 8 together with me after you're done writing. By faith Abraham. So the context, the initiator of all of Abraham's behavior was he believed God. He trusted God. He knew God. He was able to say that if God said this, I'm good to go. By faith Abraham. When he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance. There's so much in that one phrase because he didn't understand all that God was going to do. He didn't even know the, the location of where it was. All he knew was God pointed him out of his homeland. For some of you, this may have been the first pointing in your life that God did. I'm going to send you to a place you don't even know about. Where? Lattimore. You say, what's going to happen after Lattimore? Well, if you survive, God has another place for you. And what you have to do is just simply say, if this, if ambassador is the quote tabernacle of where I'm supposed to be now, I'll go there. I'll follow what God has to say. I'll trust him for what he wants to do with me. But he just went out. There's going to come a day where God indicates to you, it's time for you to take the next step. And you may want God to fill out the whole spreadsheet with all the details and all the variables before you agree to do so. But Abraham didn't negotiate with God. He just said, oh, God wants me to go. I'll leave in the morning. Can you leave with just a pointing from God? A general direction to follow? He pointed him, God pointed Abraham out of his homeland, away from the family place. He pointed out to him a direction, but not a specific location. He went out. He did not doubt. He went out. And he did not delay. He went out without delivering. He went out and he wasn't disappointed. What did God do? God showed himself strong in those moments. And Abraham believed God. You say, well, you're preaching to Bible college students. We all have faith. We're here. 
Do we all practice the faith God's looking for for us to use? People with faith. They're not perfect. They can just leave with a pointing from God. Here's the second thought I want you to consider with me in verse 9. By faith, he sojourned in a land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. The second thing I notice about people with faith is, number one, they can leave with just a pointing, and number two, they can live on just a promise. That God told him, you will be the father of many nations. The real problem, humanly speaking, with that was they had no kids. How are you going to be the father of many nations if you don't have kids? But that was God's problem, not Abraham's problem. God's problem, uh, sorry, Abraham's problem was just to believe God. So you're going to reach places in your life and you're going to be confronted with, can I believe God in this moment? Maybe for some of you, it's your school bill. Others of you, it's family conflict or problems. Yet others of you are faced with challenges. And the thing is, is do you just quit believing God? Or do you square your shoulders back, you set your chin, and you look forward and you say, I am going to believe God in this moment. Maybe you don't have enough money to pay your bill, but you know God sent you here then isn't it his responsibility to make sure that your needs are provided for, that your faith is sufficiently challenged, and you do the best you can with your grades? Isn't that the best thing to do, rather than just simply say, I'll quit? I don't think God can provide. If you have a God that cannot provide, then you need a bigger God. Because God can provide. And Abraham just lived on a promise. Verse 9, he sojourned. That meant he temporarily stayed. Where was he? In the land of promise. He may not have fully understood all that was going to come, but this was the place God put him. And he was just going to believe God in the midst of it. He sojourned by faith. He sojourned by faith in a strange country. Some of you are starting to make connections with Lattimore in this, and I understand That was genuinely funny. I know the mayor's here. It's fine. (laughs) By faith he sojourned, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob. Say, how is that even possible? Abraham was going to be the father of many nations. Isaac is coming. Jacob is coming. There will be a heritage that came. Why? Because God promised there would. That there would be a nation. And that he would take a a man and make a family and make tribes and a nation. And he would bless them. Until today, God still blesses Israel. People with faith can just simply say, I'm here for this season of my life. And I'll just believe God. Can you do that? Because that's what people with faith do. You see, they can live on just a promise. They they can live with the promise of a, a better day. They can live with the promise of a better place. They can live for the, with the promise of saying, I know I serve God and He will come through. Uh, 
That promise did not have to be fulfilled in his lifetime. He just had to believe God. That promise meant that he would sojourn instead of settle down like others. That promise meant that he would be a stranger in all places until he got to his final home. For those who serve God, that promise, you are guaranteed the promise of God's presence in the midst of your sojourning. You are guaranteed the promise of God's protection in the midst of your sojourning. You can count on God's provision in the midst of your sojourning. The promise of the permanent is coming. There is a day that is coming that is an absolute better day than this when all these tears will be wiped from our eyes and our struggles will be laid at His feet and we will worship Him forever. But until then, remain a person of faith. This is not a gender biased message for included in this hall of faith are both male and female. We all must trust God. The reality of your testimony services, whether I'm watching them online or I'm in present for them, the reality is you're getting adjusted to sharing What God is doing. You say, well, hot chocolate? Caffeine? What? But you're learning to praise God for the little stuff. And that was a lesson for me. I also looked up the caffeine content of hot chocolate to coffee. And you're right, there is more caffeine in coffee. (laughs) But as you practice your faith here... You're in a safe place place to do so. Why? Because these are your friends. These are people with whom you go to school and you're learning together. So I'm not friends with everybody. We'll work on that. That's your problem. Man that hath friends shows himself friendly. So show yourself friendly. Get to know everyone here. God's not doing something just in your life. He's doing something in everybody else's life. And testimony time is that time for us to hear. How is everybody doing on their sojourn? What's happening in their life? Seth, what a beautiful testimony of what God is doing in your life and what he's teaching you. And yes, sometimes there are testimonies we say, I don't understand what they're saying. Sometimes there are testimonies we do understand. But I imagine if you asked Abraham, could you share a testimony of what God's doing in your life? He could easily say, I'm stuck out here in the middle of nowhere with a promise to be the father of many nations and I got nothing out here. Or he could just say, you know what? God put me here. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I believe God. Doesn't mean you have to be perfect. All it means is that you have to just believe God. And some days you have to remember that David was a man after God's own heart and all that simply mean what meant was that he wasn't going to do it perfect every, perfectly every day, but he was going to have a heart that trended toward God every day. And that is your goal. People with faith can leave with just appointing. They can live on just a promise. Verse 10, they can look for a better place. Look at verse number 10. For he looked for a city 
which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. What a wonderful description of where we are going. There is a city to which I'm going, who God is the builder and the maker. He set the foundations, and that's the place He's prepared for me. And I'm going to be with Him. And some days life is yucky. You ought not to say that. It's reality. Sometimes you have to wake up because someone else had a big bowl of stupid. You got to deal with it. And on those days, you got to say, I'm looking for a better place than this. I'm not talking about a better place than Lattimore. I'm talking about a better place than this earth. And while everything may not be perfect at home, and there may be struggles with your greater family, wherever Alethea is, Alethea Wilson, where I heard your testimony before. Thank you. I'm sorry. You're so far back. You're, you're in Shelby. <laughs> Some days, whatever those challenges are, I've known Alethea all of her life. Sometimes those challenges just make us long for a better place. That's all. Because one day, we are both going to be in a far better place than this. And until then, I just remain a person of faith. You have to. I just have to consistently believe that God can make His will known and done at any point in my life, in any context where I am. God made His will known to Jonah and again in the whale and He got to where He was going. God can do it anywhere. Just believe God. He looked for a better place. Jump down to verse 16. But now they desire a better country. That is, and heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. This is where you and I have to grasp this and say, all right, then by all means, I can look for the better place. Have there ever been hard days in the O'Malley's lives? Sure. Have there ever been challenges we've had to face? Without a doubt. Brother Beal, I'm going to go out on a limb. You ever had a hard day in ministry? Occasionally. <laughs> Occasionally. Brother Hanky? Brother Robertson? Ma'am? Yes, sir. <laughs> They're the leaders and they have hard days? Yep. What do you do on the hard days? I look for a better place. Not to leave here and quit, but keep my eyes on the heavenly city and say, one day, I'm out. This will be it. I'm done. But until that day comes, show up. Stand up. Do your job. Serve God with all your might. And by all means, be a person of faith. Because people of faith, they can leave with just a pointing from God. They can look for a better place. They can live on just a promise. For those who are legalists, I reverse two and three just to confuse you. Number four. Look at verse 17. By faith, again, every connection to Abraham, he was connected to his God by faith. 
By faith, Abraham, when he was tried. Oh, yeah, that was a big moment. So they get the promise. The kid is born. You say, well, what about Ishmael? God said, I chose Isaac. You see, God doesn't need your help to fulfill his will. He doesn't you making little Ish- need you making little Ishmaels in your life. He just needs you to trust him for the Isaac. It says, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. That is such a Reader's Digest version of the entire account that you could read in Genesis 22. But he faced this incredible moment. There was no kid. Now there was a kid. And God wants the kid back. Well, is God the giver of life? Does he not lay claim to everything that is within our life? Is there anything in my life that I could have the permission to withhold from God? Or is every bit of my life, the inventory of all of my stuff, is it not all His? Can He not do with our lives as we choose? Well, theologically speaking, Brother O'Malley, yes. But practically speaking, that really hurts. Yes. God's not the one with the problem in that equation. It's you. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. What? You mean God could have raised Isaac from the dead? That's what Abraham believed. Why? He was a person with faith. People with faith can leave with just appointing. And live on just a promise and look for a better city. And number four, people with faith can let go of what's precious. What was precious to Abraham? Isaac. We need a link between the promise of God and the father of many nations. How in the world are we going to get there? You just have to believe God. And while God may have led you to this campus for you to have a greater day in a greater place, there will be times where you need to let go of what is precious. To just believe God can still work out His plan with what you are holding dear, maybe even more dear than God Himself. People with faith... They can let go of what's precious. I want to just read verse 20 for a second and come back and conclude my thoughts. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. You want to read that verse and say, wow, what a boring life. Right? Isaac, the best that could be said to him about him. I mean, Abraham, he's walked with God. He's offered his kid up. He's going to be doing great things for God. Isaac, what'd you do? I looked at my kids one day by faith and said, you can always trust God's word. The promises of God are true. What did he say? He blessed His sons concerning things to come. 
He looked at his kids, if you will, and said, God will always do what he says he's going to do. That was his only claim. He was the in-between kid. The middle child, if you will. He was, he was not Abraham. He was not Jacob. He was Isaac. And God said, Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. I need Isaac back. God proved to Abraham that God could trust and see what Abraham had in his life. And so then what happens? Isaac grows up and he's going to die. No massive accomplishment. Just, he passed the promise on to his kids and said, God will do what he said he's going to do. I don't know about you, but I read this passage and I find it incredibly inspiring with the fact that God could take frail, feeble, faulty people. And, and he could say, let me put you into a context to develop your faith and get you to trust me when everything indicates failure. And all of a sudden, what does God do? He cultivates people with faith. There's going to come a day where God's going to point you out of here. Believe God. There's going to come a day when God's going to make a promise to you from His Word. Live on that promise. Believe God. There's going to come a day when the yuckiest of yucky days show up. And that day you're just going to have to wake up and say, I believe God today and I can see a place whose city and maker is God. And I'm looking for that better place. And then every once in a while in your life, God will say, I need what's precious from you today. Is there anything in your life that is so dear God cannot have? This, this all doesn't happen in one day. This is a lifetime. These are seasons. But is there anything that is too precious which God cannot have? If there is, got to become a person of faith and say, God, there's nothing on the list. You can have it all. A relationship. For some of you, that's probably big, your, one of your big priorities. Why not give God everything? So I, I want to go here and I want to do this and I want to get this done. What does God want? For you just to be a person of faith. Would you stand with me? Ministries that laugh a, last a lifetime do so because the God who calls those people are faithful. And he looks for the same quality of character in men today. God wants you to be a person of faith. 